FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Episode 8. We're in a new space. How are you, Father? I'm doing well. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm sort of playing DJ today on a new piece of equipment, you so I'm quite it. excited. You I love it. It's all colour-coded <laughs> and everything. Like, Multitasking. Really I feel like we've really upgraded here. Let's hope <laughs> that the box. sound... With the box. With yeah, the logo. Those, for those of you who are seeing on, on the screen, you'll see that we have a new setup. This is actually the setup that very close... This is the space also where I record our Sunday Mass, so this is a holy space a as holy well. It's a holy place. I like that. <laughs> And uh, it's just, uh, again, um, a wonderful time over the last few weeks um, getting the, our studios ready for new stuff, our online courses. I've been really excited. Like we've, we, The online mass course, have, have we been getting any feedback? What, what's oh going on there? Oh, my gosh. We've been getting such good feedback. Everyone's loving it. Everyone's saying that their um, understanding of the mass is just being absolutely transformed, which is what we we're going for. Yes, exactly. Um, so... Yeah, we're very, very happy with how that's going. If you haven't seen that yet, please head to encountercourses.com forward slash the mass um, and check it out. It's life changing. Oh. It will be, even if, you, um, if you're a teacher, an educator, someone who has influence over other people, parents who take your kids to mass, please, please check it out. It is going to teach you what the mass is, every part is. I can imagine that parents kneeling down and talking to their kids, look, this is the moment that this happens. This is the moment that this happens. Very often, we don't know, so our children don't end up knowing. So That's right, and even a suggestion for anyone in the world who's in lockdown, if you want a great family fun activity, why not you could get the mass course and you could, you could each week do a different section and then family discussions and then you could watch it on the online mass. The, the options are endless, so... I know, I know some families who are doing that. So. We're very blessed to be part of this um, project. So check it out. Make sure you check it out on our EncounterCourses.com. So um, this week we have uh, an interesting gospel, uh, always an interesting gospel, but I love where we're at at the moment. It's, it's struggle town for, the, for mm-hmm. the apostles, where everything was so bliss, everything was so amazing, everything was just, you know, like puts it, 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 nothing could go wrong. And then now everything for the last few weeks seems to be going wrong for the apostles. And they have to make a decision. Hey, I was there for the for the fun ride. Now, when things are getting difficult, I have to make a choice whether to stay or to leave. And so this is where we're at um, again with the with the gospel. So we are in we're preparing for the twenty fourth Sunday in ordinary time, and this week's gospel is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter eight, verses twenty seven to thirty five. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him, Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, 
he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. A beautiful setting. I Where this is set is Caesarea Philippi. Um, both you and I have been there. We have been there. I wish, like, I went there before I'd studied all the gospels, so I wish I could go there now with this new understanding. Yeah, but, um yeah, it really comes to life. It does. Um, I organized a pilgrimage a few years ago, and this is the way I did it. I, I just took the Bible and we just explained every place, and every place I gave them a, an hour Bible study of, of, of where we're at. But um, this is just um, a, a very interesting place, Caesarea Philippi. Very, it was like the Torquay. Is that Torquay? What's a rich place in Melbourne, so to speak? Q. Q, like Q, it was it's the rocks area in, in New <laughs> South Wales. It's like Santa Monica in 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 the United States. It just was where the richest of the richest live, and every it was a place where there was a lot of affluence. There was a place also where there it was very pagan, which was quite different to the rest of Jerusalem, the Jewish area. Yeah, it was a lot of um pagan worship there as well, and people worship different gods of um. Yeah, d- different things. And it's funny that Peter's declaration of faith in Jesus happens at this place where there's a lot of um, devotion to false gods, I guess. Yes, it is a place where Pan, the, the god of nature, was said to be born. It was a place where Baal, the god, the most pagan of gods, was, was worshipped. It was a place where there were pillars dedicated to so many gods. But there was a big ornament, a big place that was a place which was dedicated to something else. To Caesar. To Caesar. And it was this beautiful, massive temple. Not as big as the Jewish temple, but it was a temple nonetheless. And it was the, uh, made of white marble affluence. It was just unbelievable. And this is why the place was called Caesarea Philippi. It was the place dedicated to um, C- Caesar. And it was a place of political worship. It was, it was giving attribute to to the, the government and the power of the government and, and how politics is God and how um, the, the, the leaders of, of that time were actually the divine, the ones sent to us. And so in this place of all the false gods, all politics, all noisiness of, of, of voices calling out from, from every side, including affluence, riches, money, and politics and power, that Jesus stops Peter and asks, and the apostles, and asks us, who do you say that I am? Not in the, in the middle of a retreat. Not in when they were in the transfiguration. That would have been easy for Jesus to, to ask that question and get the answer he wanted. But he asked this question, as you're saying, you know, interestingly enough, in a place of confusion, a place where there were so many voices calling for the attention of the apostles. Yeah, definitely. And I think Jesus knew that there was speculation among the people of that time as to who Jesus really was. Um, and that's kind of why he asked that question. So we see in the gospel that... Um, the disciples respond to Jesus by saying, oh, some people think, you know, you're a reappearance of John the Baptist. Some people think you're Elijah who, you know, was meant to come back. Um, Some people say you're one of the prophets like Isaiah or Jeremiah. 
they, none of these people actually identify him as the Messiah, though. Um, but it is interesting to point out that all the, all these views of saying Jesus is like John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets, it's a high opinion. It's basically mm. saying, you know, you're the next manifestation of these people that we were looking to to tell us what's coming next. Yes. Yeah? And but uh, no one said the Messiah. Exactly. Because you see, the, the Messiah had to fit a certain amount of criteria according to the tradition, according to the scripture. And they were waiting for the Messiah. Uh, people, many people at that time were claiming to be the Messiah because the ground was fertile. It was mm. the time that all Jewish people believed that it was time for the Messiah to come because the scripture said there would be rumors of war, there would be war, there would be earthquakes, natural disasters, there would be acts of terrorism, there would be pandemics, there would be all of this. And this is what we think we were, we are bad here. But there was a time of plagues, it was a time of political unrest, it was a time of terrorism, it was a time where everything seems to have gone wrong, even especially for the Jews, all the oppression that was happening. Yeah. And it was at that point that they were expecting some superhero to come and... Chuck them all out. <laughs> exactly. To bring the order from chaos. And, but instead, they are, Jesus is asking, hey, do you think I'm the one? Am I the one to bring order from chaos? And so they're thinking, huh, you think sort of you seem a bit too calm to be a warrior. Uh, your muscles maybe are not so big enough. I've <laughs> never seen you hold a sword, so uh, I'm not so sure. If you're the one, and then sort of they, they get into even more doubt uh, as time goes by. They're already doubting Jesus. The apostles already, last week, we talked about uh, Peter saying, hey, um, he tells Peter and the others, do, do you want to go also? And Peter says, hey, who, uh, where am I going to go if I'm going to go? And so the apostles were already thinking, like, um, ch checking their options, whether they should leave. Yeah. But I think Peter's response is really interesting one. It's kind of like he says, you know, you are the Messiah. Um, I've got Gozo here. <laughs> <laughs> Little doggy, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like he was having this aha moment yeah. where it's like I've been following Jesus for all this time, living living in this time of the Messiah, and oh my gosh, it's you. Like, yes. It's you. So it didn't, like in a sense, it was a sudden revelation, but it was also... Um, sort of, it had. It was a necessary culmination of mm. his understanding of who God was. He already chose to follow Jesus. He already chose to stay when everyone else left. And now, at this moment, starting to realize, wait, hold on, I made the right decision here. I, you possibly might be the Messiah. And so he starts to. It's an affirmation to Jesus, but it's also an affirmation a pat on. His own back saying, Pete, you've made the right choice. <laughs> it, what you said, where am I going to go, was the, was the right decision because of the revelation he had at that moment. Yeah, um, and I, I think a, a really important point to bring out here as well is this question that Jesus asks the disciples that Peter answers. It's a question that he, that Jesus is posing to, to the reader, to all of us. Who do you say that I am? You know, sometimes we, we go on what our parents think, think Oh, sorry, who our parents think Jesus is or who mm. our teachers think Jesus is. Um, or we hear, you know, all these things about Jesus. He was a nice person. He healed this person and he, he said this about this and that's a good thing and I think we should follow that. But eventually we do have to, to make the decision, like is Jesus just this this preacher, teacher and healer or is he is he the Messiah? And if he is the Messiah, then that requires something of me. Mm -hmm. So what Jesus, in giving that answer, saying that you are the son of God, He's basically guaranteeing 
um, his allegiance to Jesus. He's guaranteeing, he's saying, okay, now that you know this, you've had this encounter of this, you've had this experience, you have had this revelation of me, there's no going back now. And Peter was in for a, Peter and the disciples were in for a shock because it was once that Jesus had revealed his identity and the, the disciples figured out who he was. He, Jesus then revealed his destiny, which was to go to the cross. Yes, and, and this that is was where, a shock. and this is exactly, and this is where Peter starts to panic, <laughs> and he starts to say, "Oh my goodness!" And after he an, announced that, he, Jesus starts to talk about his suffering. He starts to say, "Hey, okay, uh, this is uh, the the time now that you acknowledge me as God." Uh, they're thinking, okay, I've acknowledged him as the Messiah. He's, now he's going to pick up his sword. Now he's going to get rid of the <laughs> terrorists, the Romans, the oppressors. He's going to get uh, sort of bring order from chaos. Let's do this, Jesus. But what does Jesus end up saying to Peter? He says, hey, okay, breaking news, I'm going to die. Yeah. And not only am I going to die, I'm actually going to get murdered. And Peter's saying, hey, hold on, Jesus, don't you know your theology? Don't you know what the Bible says? Sort of go back to Bible school. <laughs> go back and learn what the Messiah actually does. And so he sort of tells him, no way, no way. You're not going to do that, Jesus. I think you're a bit confused. Yeah. And Jesus takes that. Um, there's two ways you can look at what Peter did. You know, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And then the first is that Peter was kind of standing in the way of, of Jesus going to the cross. Mm. So Jesus knew that he had to go to the cross to fulfill the will of the Father. Though he didn't want to go to the cross, like, because he was human. No. No one wants to die. No one wants to be tortured. So he's like, that there was probably the temptation in him thinking, oh, this this is the devil tempting me to say no to the cross. And the second thing is it was, Jesus maybe kind of felt like Peter was coming in and saying, oh no, you're not the leader. I'm going to lead you and, and, and protect you and make sure you don't die. Yes. But, um... Jesus was trying to, by saying, get behind me, Satan, he was saying to Peter, um, you know, you can only lead the disciples if you learn to follow me first. Exactly. Exactly. And you follow me to the cross. That's follow right. me to death. Follow me to death to self. Self. And he was just telling him, get behind me as well. Stop. Get behind me. Follow me. But stop seeing as the world sees. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. You see, I'm the Messiah, but the Messiah, not the way you see it, not the way the world sees it, not even the way tradition, small t, sees it. Mm -hmm. Not not the rumor of, of what everyone else sees it, but the Messiah is fighting a spiritual war, an eternal war right here before you. The oppression you have is not a political oppression. It's not a uh, an oppression of government. It's not an oppression of uh, the, uh, of the things around you that I'm fighting for. But I'm fighting for for eternity. And either are you going to fight my war, or are you going to stay here and wait for the next person who wants to fight your war? Yeah, and I th- I think of Peter sometimes because maybe Peter was just worried. Not only like he was worried for Jesus, but also worried for himself because if he was you know, I'm going to follow Jesus and it means I've got to follow him to the cross and, and Jesus is going to die. Well, then what does that mean for me? Like Jesus, like Peter just had a natural human reaction. I think exactly. I would have reacted the same way. I would have. <laughs> I, I probably would. I'm, I wonder if I would have left like a yeah. week earlier <laughs> because now it's getting really complicated. And Jesus is reaffirming that it is going to be tough. It's going to be tough to follow me. From this point on, it's going to be tough. 
And it's, it hasn't changed since. It is still tough to follow Jesus. Of course. And I think one of the biggest disservices we can give to other apostles and the biggest disservice I can give to you as a priest to use to tell you that it is easy yep. to follow Jesus, that it is easy to give up those temptations, that it is easy to do the right thing when everyone is doing the wrong thing, that it is easy to not to store up treasures in heaven and not to store up treasures here on earth, but to store them up in heaven. It is countercultural. It's so difficult. Yeah. But Jesus tells us to do this, to pick up our cross and to follow him. And what does someone who picks up their cross do? They're picking up their cross to what? To die on it. To die on it. And so we're called to die to our own will. Who, in their right mind, without this encounter, would choose to follow Jesus? I don't know. Don't know. So uh, this uh, this is the beautiful thing that God gives us life and promises us eternal life and eternal joy. And this is such a beautiful thing it is to follow Jesus. But don't be fooled. If you're a follower of Jesus, it's not easy. And part of the not being easy is also that you don't have all of the answers to all of life's questions, but you know the one who does. You know Jesus. Amen. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month, as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program, where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com slash donate. Once again, thank you to our ministry partners. We're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for making this possible. This podcast is only possible because of our donors and ministry partners. But now... It's time for the mystery box. How exciting. Mm. Now, the past couple of weeks, so the mystery boxes have been provided by Father Rob. So, yeah. <laughs> are, are you looking forward to, <laughs> to opening a box? Yeah, I, I, looking. I opened one last week and I didn't oh. guess it. Oh, yes, that's right. You did too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But this this week, this is easy. I'll be surprised. Oh my gosh, I'm I, so dumb. <laughs> and and these no, things, no. I'm really dumb at these things. <laughs> no, I think I think you'd you'd guess it. So the point of this mystery box is that I one of us provides a, um, a box. Please um, g- send in your mystery box, PO Box ninety six, Strathdale, Victoria three five five zero Australia. Um, and mark it as mystery box so we don't open it. <laughs> so yeah. we'll know. Um, it'll be a surprise for us. And at the end of the season, we're going to give away all the mystery boxes. So if you follow us on social media, um, you'll be able to find out all the details about that giveaway. But I want to know what's in this. Okay, so open it. So here we go. This is our mystery box. Um, I, I, I think it's very, very easy. I think you'll guess immediately. <laughs> she's, I think she's guessed. Okay. Oh, what, what describe okay, it? Okay, let's start. Let's start. It's it looks like a hair roller, but fluffy. <laughs> don't tell <laughs> me. You don't know what it I is. I actually don't know. <laughs> okay, a fluffy good. hair roller, or it looks like you know the bottom of a toilet paper roll, but fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> fluffy. To, co- to cover your so once you finish the toilet paper, it's all fluffiness. Is it something from Bunnings? Because I know if this they would sell them at Bunnings, yes. But this is not from Bunnings. Okay. No, <laughs> Bunnings is our warehouse, um, like our um, homemakers' warehouse. Yes, that's right. 
I don't know. Sorry. Okay. I'm really bad. So you're not going to guess? I already gave a few guesses. Okay. I don't know. So that Tell is, me. you mentioned the sort of, it, it is a roller. You put paint on it. A paint roller, but <laughs> like a baby roller. one. Yeah. Oh, cute. Sorry. I, I imagine paint rollers to be like big. Yeah. Well, that's a baby <laughs> a paint roller. A little baby paint roller. What are you painting? I'm not painting anything. I got that as a... You love painting because one of my mystery boxes was finger paints. Yes, that's right. So, so Okay, next it's one. I know art, it's, art, you're going to get me a paintbrush. <laughs> it, it's an art and craft store, maybe. <laughs> we'll give these away along with all of our other mystery boxes. Yay. So, um, yeah. So here we go. Three, two, one. It's time for Saint Me a Picture. This week. Saint Augustine. We did his. We spoke about his mum last week. A couple week, of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago. Well, yes. when we did the thing together, yeah. Yes, their feast and days are quite close to, to each other. And we we had that debate whether Saint Monica was an, and became a nun. And she wasn't. I won. Ah, uh, how did you, did you do the research after? I didn't, no, someone I commented. About, I think okay. it was Jenny. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> um, commented saying she wasn't a nun. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Okay. So uh, here's something interesting. Um, Saint Augustine was from Algeria, mm-hmm. Africa. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that until we actually researched it. Yeah, there you go. So he was very dark skinned, black skinned, like and and he was a, a bishop, made a bishop by popular demand, but he has an incredible story as well. He does. And he's actually the patron of brewers because um he had his conversion after a life of partying and entertainment. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um so we know he's Saint Monica's son, born in Algeria. He really struggled with sins of pride and impurity. He didn't um really understand what the truth was, but his conversion happened because of the prayers of his mother and also the preaching of St. Ambrose. And he was really convicted of Christianity, but he didn't start to practice it properly because he didn't think he could live a pure life. But the the way that he kind of came to it was he read something from one of the letters of St. Paul about putting away impurity and imitating Jesus. And he just, he went for it and eventually lived this holy life that made up for his past life. And he's one of the greatest saints that has given us so much. He wrote um, two books um, that are famous and a few others, but the Confessions and the City of God. But you see, he came to understand his faith um, through an intellectual process. Mm. Some people have an encounter process like St. Peter. Peter wasn't an intellectual process, but St. Augustine was. St. Augustine um, was a clever man. He was philosophical. He, through reason, decided not to believe what his mom believed in. He walked away. St. Monica prayed for him for 30 years, and he just, he just didn't want to have anything to do with his mom's religion. And then through reading, eventually he comes to this, oh my goodness moment, this mm. revelation where what if it is real? And now he had, he was already living in like fornication. He was living with this woman. I think, I don't know, maybe he had kids. This is another thing for our, <laughs> our followers, to, to, to our listeners to tell us. Did St. Augustine have kids? I, 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 Let us part know. Of me, I think, I don't I know. Don't know. <laughs> but uh, could he have become a bishop if he did have kids? I don't know. But he, um, he, d- d- comes to the understanding and then he comes to this guy called saint anselm and saint anselm who was i think also a bishop um becomes his mentor a philosopher so it is he connected with someone who was intellectual to be able to meet him where he was at and saint anselm comes up with this um philosophy this idea that fidens querens intellectum it's faith seeking understanding basically he was telling he was telling saint augustine hey augustine um, sort of first come to faith, surrender to God, and after you've surrendered to God, then you can come to understanding. Then you can come to understand what God is saying. 
Yeah. And um, I, I've noticed a lot of St. Augustine's writings, there's people have taken lines from his writings and created songs out of them. Mm. Um, one off the top of my head, Alive Again by Matt Ma. Um, yeah, again. Late Have I Loved You. Yes. Um, saying, and, and we can see yeah. that in St. Augustine's life. You know, he came to love God later in his life. And, um, and he's like, again, just I can just imagine the joy of his mom when he eventually oh. comes to, 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 to conversion. He's a doctor of the church um, and one of our sort of um, founders of biblical exegesis, uh, understanding pretty much what we do here as well in this podcast. So we also owe a lot to St. Augustine for his contribution to scripture. Yep, and he's got a big contribution to our topic, which we'll move to very soon after this. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and learning more about your faith, have you considered enrolling into our online courses? FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. All courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. Titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible and more, with new courses being added regularly. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to courses.frgministry.com. Topic of the week. Oh, it's a tricky one. Yay. Predestination. Can we change our fate? Can we change our fate? F-A-T-E. Yes. This is really philosophical. When, when I was preparing for this, I'm, I'm sort of semi-panicking that we're going to give you the wrong <laughs> it impression. It was a bit scared before we started, yes. <laughs> not going to lie. Because I, do, I don't want people to... First of all, we, the way the world understands predestination, therefore, like, you're created and God is destined you that sort of... You're going to have this accident and this is going to happen to you and this is going to happen to you and then you're going to end up in heaven or you're going to end up in hell. That's heresy. That's wrong, mm. Okay. This is not what we're talking about. When we're talking about predestination, we're talking about the fact that God has a plan of salvation mm. for all of us to get to heaven. That's right. God has predestined us for heaven. There's a beautiful scripture verse. Uh, Alice, I don't know if you want to read that. Uh, that I can. Us. It comes from the book of Romans, chapter 8, 29 to 30. It says, Those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those who he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So what he's saying is here is that God predestined us for heaven. Mm. God created us. When he wired us together, he wired us for heaven. But the thing is, in order to get to heaven, we need to go on a journey to choose heaven. Because God's not a cruel God. God's not going to say, you created for heaven, boom, in heaven. No, God said, you created for heaven, but here's the alternative also, which you're going to experience on, on earth. You're going to experience heaven, my love, and you're going to experience hell, separation from my love, and that's sin. 
Now, as you journey through this, you are going to have the choice whether you want to go to heaven. Now, God predestined us. He wants us. He's barracking for us. He's sort of, well, what do you call those uh, with the foo-foos? Cheerleading. Cheer- he's <laughs> cheering for us. <laughs> cheering for us to go to heaven. But God's not going to force us into heaven. Yeah, that concept of free will is something that is supported by the church. So the church does say as well, it says, when God establishes his eternal plan of predestination, he includes in it each person's free response to his grace. And that's from the Catechism number 600. Um, We were talking about St. Augustine before. He also kind of gave some development to this teaching on predestination. And he said that humans require the help of grace to be able to do good, to be able to get themselves to heaven, um, and God determ- you know, God determines who receives this grace. Yes. And we as humans have the, the option of cooperating with God in that. Exactly, exactly. So it's about, this is what it is, it's about cooperation and cooperating with God through conforming our will to the will, to the heart, to the intention, to, to the predestination of God. Okay, God, God doesn't, God knows, Let, let's clarify this. God is omniscient, okay? He is all-knowing. He knows what's going to happen to you. He mm. knows whether, even before he created you, he knew whether you're going to go to heaven, go to hell. And he, he knows, he knew uh, what was going to happen to you. But the thing is, th- that knowledge is because of your free will, because of your choices. Now, here's the question. Let's see if you can answer this philosophical question. Okay. If God created you and he knew you were going to go to hell, wouldn't that it be more fair if God just said, hold on, I won't create this one because they're going to hell? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't think, I don't think God predestines people to go to hell because God, in his original intent, intended all of us to get to heaven and, and yes. it's up to us whether we choose. But why, why did God create the person who was going to hell? Why didn't he just hold back from that process of creating that person well the thing is i think there are a number of uh, two philosophical things here first of all is that is that uh, otherwise one it would be controlling god and god cannot be controlled but the second thing is that we he'd be taking away our free will also Mm -hmm. because again it is not by accident we go to hell yeah it is by choice and if he decided not to create us at that point then he's taking away our uh, our free will with that and our choice with that. Yeah. So I think this is quite interesting that God created us for heaven. That, but faith, you see, the way we understand it, the way the world understands it, does not exist. God didn't know, like the Calvinism used to say that uh, uh, I, I can do whatever I want because I'm going to go to heaven anyway. or hell anyway. Yeah. No, no, your, your choices, your decisions will determine where you are go- whether you're going to go to the place where you were predestined to go or separated from that destiny. Yeah. And that is uh, separation from God. Yeah, I actually came across a really nice quote um, when I was looking into this topic. It said, the Christian is called in his freedom... Mm. To discover his destiny. Yes. And that destiny is that, you know, God willed us for heaven from the beginning. And yeah, we're called to cooperate with with that. We're called to use our free will to fit into the intent of God. Exactly. And it is really hard to fit into the intent of God. And God <laughs> knew it. 
God knew it. Even in today's scripture, he says, pick up your cross and follow me. And he knew that few people would do that. Yeah. And he knew that few would enter into the narrow road. And he says that few would go, but thank God, thank God, we have a place of extra mercy, which is purgatory. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is what we believe as Catholics. This is a place of purify. Porga is a, a place of, of purifying where, you see, God is so desperate to get us to where he predestined us to be that he's even he's given us purgatory. Always different things that we yes. can do to make sure, oh, thank God. Get it this way. Here you go. That's the yeah. way I'm looking for. Yeah. So this is the uh, the beauty that God has predestined us for heaven. But sometimes it's not going to be an easy journey to cooperate with God, especially if we sit in a place like Caesarea Philippi, where there are so many voices telling us not to take that narrow path, telling telling us that no, actually don't go to where you're predestined for, but come worship politics worship money worship um disasters the news worship creation even you see the pan was the god of creation are you going to worship that or you're going to worship the creator and come to the narrow path yeah and i think really fitting that we talk about this when we're talking about this gospel as well because yeah so many different false gods that we can follow but god sent us his son jesus to die for us Mm -hmm. um and he is the way the truth and the life into heaven and so yeah, when we cooperate with the will of God, we can get where we've been destined to exactly. go. Exactly, and this is the secret, eh? That like cooperating, it's surrender at the end yeah. of the day. God, it's difficult if you don't know Jesus, but if you do know Jesus, it is easy. It's too easy. All it is is throwing your hands in the air and just surrendering to God, yeah. which is difficult, but it's also <laughs> so the yeah. secret is there. <laughs> but it's easy. So, yeah, it's sort of, I, I can't, I, I love that scripture verse. So offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Mm. And again, the problem with living sacrifices is that we tend to crawl off the altar. We want to get off that sacrifice altar. Yeah. But God barracks for us again, cheers for us to stay on the altar, to stay where God has predestined us to go, and that is to heaven. Does that make sense? Or it does. We, do we need to get any more philosophical, or no, is there I something think, you'd like to add to no, that? I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we haven't hit heresy there. Okay, good. Okay. You can sleep tonight, Father Rob. Yes. <laughs> so whenever talking about predestination, it's always it's always it's a, a airy and fairy. Um, it's just like those uh, rollers and toilet paper holders. Fluffy, um, you <laughs> couldn't have holders. planned that better. Was, Fluffy, was that fate? <laughs> no, no, sorry. <laughs> it's fate, you know, not to confuse you here. But uh, once again, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Catholic Influencers Podcast. You can catch us on social media. Please find us Instagram at Catholic Influencers underscore Facebook dot com forward slash catholic influences cath influences on twitter watch us on youtube youtube.com forward slash frg ministry and all things podcast can be found at the frg forward slash podcast website we would love to hear from you so get in touch and we'll see you again next week arrivederci bye